Welcome to episode two of Life in Vader's Castle. You're joined today with John Lee and my co-host, Dan Quarry. Hello there. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. I was just saying that I'm feeling fresh today because I've just had my hair cut for the first time in like four months. So uh, my headphones now sit firmly on my head instead of like floating two meters above, Uh, which is nice. Yeah, mine have been pushing the hair into my ears Mm. for so long, which is a... A nightmare. Yeah, I feel like oh, I feel like Ezra Bridger at the beginning of season three, like just after he's had that like clean haircut. He's got his new lightsaber. He's feeling fresh. That's me at the moment. Oh, basically, I'm slowly getting towards uh, Anakin Skywalker in Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> it's just slowly getting there. Sort of like the edgy teenager haircut of Anakin Skywalker. Yeah, you know. So uh, what's our plan today? We thought today we'd do a little um, like top fives. So we'd go through, you know, top five films, characters, et cetera, et cetera. Just a little bit of a get to know us, mm. bit of something fun, get a couple of discussions going. And then uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll get into some Bad Batch and Clone Warsy sort of stuff because we have the Bad Batch coming out very soon. 4th of May. Yeah, it's 4th of May. Exactly. The glorious day in the calendar. 70-minute premiere as well, we just found out. Yeah, huge. It's, it's what you need off to start off a, uh, a season, to be fair. Really give you a good dive into the show. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'm very excited for that. The trailer's looking pretty good. Spotted Rex in there. Yeah, it's like two-second oh. cameo. Yeah, it's exciting times. It's exciting times. Mm. Right, so shall we, uh, shall we just jump into it? Yeah, should we start with top five films? The yeah. thing everyone wants to know. Yeah, go how on. You, this is really how you decide whether the person you're talking to is a true Star Wars fan or not. Is how <laughs> oh, they're no. Top five. Oh, no, I could, I could tell I'm already screwed with this. <laughs> oh. right, you, you go first, John. You, you like, lessen the blow. <laughs> I feel like most of these top fives I've done in no particular order I've just thrown in my top five so thought I, so I'm just going to say them out loud and you can put them in your own rankings where you think I've put them but so I've, my top five are Return of the Jedi Empire Strikes Back Revenge of the Sith A New Hope and to finish off A Phantom Menace nice nice I can see that we're going to have a bit of similarity here. Mm-hmm. I feel like I feel like most people are going to have Return of the Jedi, Empire, and Revenge of the Sith in their top five. Just because I think Revenge of the Sith very much serves that meme position. Yes. Jedi and Empire sort of serve that, you know, OG trilogy greatness position. The nostalgia. Yeah, interesting choice of Phantom Menace. I like. I like that. Well, I like Darth Maul is one of my favourite characters in Star Wars. So his introduction in Phantom Menace has given it a soft spot in my heart. Yeah, true. Duel of Fates is one of the ultimate lightsaber fights as well. To be fair, mm. yeah, unreal. Yeah, I can understand it. Well, I've actually uh, I've tried to do mine in order from mm. sort of first to fifth. Um, I all. It used to it used to always be Empire used to be my number one, but I've recently started to have a little bit of a battle between Return of the Jedi and Empire. Um I think 
Empire's better like as a film on its own and as a if you're just watching it as a film and not as part of Star Wars, it's a better film altogether. However, I've just got such a spot, soft spot for Return of the Jedi. I just do. I love it. So I yeah, think Return of the Jedi's great. At the time of recording, <laughs> Return of the Jedi is number one. <laughs> then Empire wow. number two, New Hope number three, Revenge of the Sith number four, and this is where it gets controversial, and I may. Uh, we may lose listeners at this very point, but I've put Last Jedi at number five. <laughs> what are your thoughts, John? <laughs> uh, well, you know, you do you. I'm not to their own. Uh, to your own, you know, I'm sure you have your reasons. And yeah. Me shouting at you and telling you you're wrong is not going to change them. Exactly. Um, so that is what it is. Yeah. It's not my top five. It's not in the... It's not the bottom of my list, but it's not top five. It used to be Rogue One, used to be that fifth spot for me. Um, however, the last time I watched Last Jedi, it just it crept up quite significantly. I think the last time I actually might have even done a ranking, it might have been as low as my like third to last or something like that. I don't know why. I've just found a new appreciation for it. Like, you know, the original trilogy is my favorite trilogy, and I actually controversially this might be but think that last jedi is like the perfect sequel to the last to the uh, original trilogy i just i like luke i'm gonna say it i think luke's arc is perfect i'm gonna say it i think leia's good in it it's the one of the few films in the franchise that actually makes me weep like a child at the, the bit when a uh, ghost Luke comes through and chats to Leia that bit kills me every time I don't know I just think it's really good I can I can actually understand why people don't like a lot of the aspects of it I think it is definitely an acquired taste but for me it's uh it's my number five there you go if people want to send me hate <laughs> send me hate yeah make sure I send it to Dan not me okay <laughs> I will fight you all on it if I have to I like it we're all allowed to have a weird choice, and that's my weird choice. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. I mean, yeah. I mean, Phantom Menace is if you're going to rank it like as a film, like there's got as many problems in a Phantom Menace as I'm sure there's lots. Of, you know, you got yeah. some shocking scenes in that. Yeah, but I think the, the Phantom Menace probably would actually crack a top five for me, were it not for Jar Jar Binks. Um, I yeah. actually think the, the story of the film is actually quite good. Um, I just really, really hate Jar Jar with a passion. I just don't understand what George was thinking when he thought that was a interesting and funny character to add to a film. It's terrible, and it's not. I'm not racist towards Gungans either. You know, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a, a Gungan hater. I, just, I, I like the idea of the Gungans. Just Jar Jar's awful. It's like fart jokes, and uh, but apart from that. I like young Anakin. I like the pod racing. I like Jewel of Fates, the stuff of the Trade Federation. You know, it's interesting. Racist, the Trade Federation stuff, but interesting. Um, <laughs> but nah, it doesn't quite cut it for me just purely because Jar Jar chop him out and we could be talking differently. Yeah, he's definitely the weakest element in the prequels, let alone in the film. Yeah. So, fair enough. But it's, it's, it's interesting. Revenge of the Sith has very, very much changed for me over the years. I, uh, I remember when I went to see it at the cinema when I was a wee boy. 
I really didn't like it. I don't really know why, to be honest. I just, when I was a kid, I used to watch the original trilogy on like VHS all the time. And then I went and saw, I think my dad took me to see Revenge of the Sith and I just, it didn't work. As I was a wee kid, I just wasn't quite gassed by it. I think I, mm. I, uh, I didn't quite like the whole Darth Vader transition. And then it kind of stuck with me till I was about, <laughs> till I was about 22. <laughs> so it was like a year ago. I just really did like Revenge of the Sith. And then I just started appreciating the memes more. Um, and then. Yeah, the meme culture is, um, I feel like it's, it's saved it from a lot of people's opinions yeah and then the the biggest thing that saved it for me was watching the clone wars i think after the clone wars i had a newfound appreciation for anakin's arc his story um just that whole period and then now when i watch it i I really like that film a lot um and i just can't help but enjoy sitting and quoting every single line in that film because i practically know it off by heart by now yeah it's one of those films you can just sit and watch and not really pay attention to them, but just enjoy yeah, you sort of sit there and then have it on in the background whilst Anakin's like crying about Padme being pregnant and all that sort of thing and then as soon as it gets to like the General Grievous fight you just like perk up like, oh, hello there. Yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah exactly right so that's our films fairly similar to be honest mm. um lots of uh, original trilogy appreciation which is good yeah I can't not be in the top five really exactly um, so then the next thing we were going to discuss was seasons of television yes that's what I find hard to like yeah distinguish between which seasons of which shows I really enjoyed and I think the, the, the reason that's all thought more seasons is because there hasn't been enough TV shows yet to do sort of like top five TV shows because there's only been Mm-hmm. I think five TV shows. So it would, and you haven't seen Resistance. So there's, you'd be you'd be putting it at the bottom where it belongs, but without <laughs> even knowing it. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, so yeah, we went for seasons. You got you go kick off. Let's hear what you've got to got to bring to the table. Okay, yeah, no really particular order, but we have. Uh, I put I put season six and seven together in Clone Wars just because I. I like those equally as much. I think they're both very good. And then we've got season four of Rebels, Mando season two, season two of Rebels, and then Clone Wars season five. There's a nice. lot of Rebels and Clone Wars in there. Yeah, that feels very that feels very similar to mine. So I've again I've ordered mine. I found this very difficult um, mm. to pick between my top three. However, I went number one season four of Rebels. Um, I just something about that final season I just absolutely love I love where Ezra is by that time Caden his sacrifice the, the finale everything with Thrawn I just really like that final season um, and then my second is season five of Clone Wars I think season, in my opinion season five of Clone Wars is the ultimate goat Clone Wars I mean you've got um the last arc with Ahsoka leaving the Jedi Order. You've got the the arc with, on Mandalore with um, when Darth Sidious comes and slaughters Savage and beats up Maul. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got George Lucas's favourite droid arc in season five. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so yeah, I just I, I really like season five. Um I think that's one of the highlights of the whole Clone Wars for me. And uh, mm-hmm. next up I've got Mando season two. I think season two of the Mandalorian was a was just a I mean we said it last week, treat, absolute treat. Mm. And as a series as a whole, it just works pretty perfectly from start to finish. It does, yeah. And then my um fourth and fifth spots, more Clone Wars. I went season four and then season seven. Yeah. Um the reason I went season four is because I was looking back on it, season four has some absolute bangers in it. I completely forgot. It's got um everything with Pong Krell, that's all season four. Oh yeah. yeah. Um it's got the I'm pretty sure season four's got the Mon Calamari uh, war oh, episodes, yeah. which I actually thought were really good. It's got a lot of Maul. I think that's when Maul comes back is towards the end of season four, if I'm right. I might just yeah. get the episode yeah. guide up. But that's there's Savage is sort of made in like season three, isn't he? And then season four is when he actually finds Maul. He's a brother. Yeah. Um let me just get up season four because I, I, there was a reason why I got very gassed with season four. Yeah, it starts off with a water war arc and there's a pointless droid arc. Uh, Darkness on Umbara, which is awesome. And then there's that little slavers arc, the slavers on Kadavo, which I thought was quite a good one. Mm. Um, oh, that's it. That's the reason I loved it. It's the box. You know, when Obi-Wan... Oh, everyone fakes his death and stuff. Goes undercover as the bounty hunter. Yeah, that is another great art. Yeah, and then it ends with uh, Grievous massacring all the Night Sisters, and then um, that I think it ends with that fight with Asajj and Obi Wan against Maul and um, Savage, which I think is a mm. great little lightsaber duel. So, yeah, all in all, I think it. season four was just a real banger season. And then mm. I finish finish up with season seven because season seven is brilliant. Yeah, season seven. I, I love season seven. I, obviously, the, the final three episodes. Yeah, the final the four, best. isn't it? Yeah, four. Yeah, are the best. Then obviously you get some great arcs, and that I I actually really liked Ahsoka's arc in that as well with the um, the two sisters. I know a lot of people didn't like that. Yeah, but I I really enjoyed it. I think it it was necessary to give Ahsoka's character the perspective that she needs to decide what she wants to do in her life, uh, whether to you know rejoin the order or just continue being a citizen, and then see how the universe as a whole sees the Jedi because she's only had one point of view her entire life. So I think that arc was really good to yeah. flesh that out. Yeah, I didn't I didn't dislike it as much as a lot of people did. Um I didn't find it the most action packed or thrilling, but as you said, it was good for her character. Mm. And I liked that original um Bad Batch arc as well. Like, I'll need to rewatch that um soon. But that that first arc's pretty cool. Um mm. but yeah, those final four episodes, Siege of Mandalore's probably second best episode in the whole show, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, season Angela's brilliant, and that, the way it leads straight into the uh, Order sixty six. Order sixty six, yeah, it's really cool, it's and that like running concurrently with Revenge of the Sith is just it's done mm. very well. It's good. Yeah, I like it. Um, but yeah, I think the the 
the reason that I do give the edge to uh, season five is just if I'm looking at the best episodes, I think the best episode is the lawless from season five with um, when Sidious comes in and just absolutely murks the brothers. But then that's also the episode that Maul kills Satine in front of Obi-Wan. And that whole episode is just perfect in my opinion. I think that's like probably the best now, second best animated episode of Star Wars. I think the best ep- animated episode of Star Wars is Twin Sons from Rebels, but season three didn't make my cut. Yeah, I was looking at season three for Rebels, and I was just like, like Twin Sons is unbelievable, but I think I pref- season two had um, Twilight Apprentice and stuff, which yeah. I just thought was better because I think it, it was obviously there's more episodes on it, and you had Maul and Ezra. Um, that's for trying to decide whether he wants to go with more stuff, and then you had the whole Ahsoka versus Vader, and that was yeah. real. And yeah, I think you just slightly edged out. Yeah, I think, like, I think if I had a sixth spot, it would be Rebels season two. Um, because I think that season is stronger than season three. However, I really, really like season three because I'm a big Thrawn, I'm a big Thrawn fanboy, so it's just a whole lot of Thrawn in that, which I really like. But there are some weaker episodes in season three of um of Rebels that dip it below the Ahsoka Vader greatness. Yeah. Okay. Should we move on to Jedi? So now we're we're stepping into the world, so we're actually going our top five Jedi. Oh uh I'll 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 start this one off, John. And I've I've ordered mine here as well. So my number one is Obi Wan Kenobi. You can't you can't beat him when you when you take in consideration the Clone Wars, the little bit of him you see in Rebels, his presence in the original trilogy, his memeness in the uh, prequels. I just think Obi Wan Kenobi is the goat, and he is objectively the greatest Jedi in terms of his commitment to the order he's the man and also you just look at his kill count as well like the not necessarily his kill count but his <laughs> sif that he has successfully beat in battle i mean he's beat maul like three times <laughs> he's killed darth vader well the nearly killed darth vader pre being in the suit um who else who else has he triumphed over ventress, uh, ventress, ventress quite a few times Jesus. Grievous, yeah, he absolutely murked Grievous. I mean, he's uh, just... I mean, Savage cut his arm off. Yeah. Also fighting more at the same time. Yeah, exactly. So Kenobi, number one for me. Then number two, Luke Skywalker. No surprise there. Um, it's where it gets a little bit interesting. Number three, I've got Ezra. Um, some people don't like Ezra. I love Ezra. By season four, he was a top tier Jedi for me. Um <laughs> My next place is Ahsoka. Um, can't argue Ahsoka. She's unbelievable. Great Jedi. Even better because she left the Order because the Order is screwed. So the fact that she left the Order made her an even better Jedi, in my opinion. And then my fifth place goes to the Grandmaster Yoda himself. Nice. That's a strong list of you there. Um, got some similarities in mine. Uh, slight differences. So I've... I feel like this is probably in order when I wrote it down. Um, so I've got Obi-Wan, number one, for all the reasons we just stated. I mean, that, that man is unbelievable. Uh, I put Soka in number two. Nice. Um, Luke, three. Anakin, four. Obviously, pre 
Vader Anakin. And fifth, I've gone with a rogue one. I've gone for Plo Koon. Oh, interesting. You're a big uh, Plo Koon stan, are you? I do. I, I do like Plo Koon. This is that episode of the Clone Wars. I can't remember what it's called, but when he's uh, stranded in space with those the clones. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, that yeah that's one of, the, one of the grievous episodes mm. from season one, isn't it? Yeah, and the, the clones are like, oh, it's okay. We're meant to be expendable. And Plo Koon's like, not to me. I'm like, oh, that's man. Yeah, that's I, I like, I like Plo. I think he's one of, he's one of my favorite, like, side Jedi. I call them side Jedi purely because they're not, you know, Obi-Wan, Yoda, Qui-Gon or Anakin um, <laughs> or Mace. But yeah, I like, I like Plo Koon. So that's a fine yeah. list. I like that one. Thank you. Yeah, I think Anakin for me floats a little bit around maybe sixth or seventh. Um, I think the only reason Anakin doesn't quite, I don't know, I find it a bit difficult because of Attack of the Clones, Anakin, just with uh, <laughs> some of the stuff on Naboo by the lake, really. <laughs> it's really hard to watch. Yeah. But then I Anakin mean, in the Clone Wars is amazing. So Yeah, he's one of the greatest duelists and like strategists the Jedi would ever had. You know, he... Proper rogue. He's got, his, got his charm. He's got his wit, and I, and I like at times when he he's not so um, like straight edge with following the Jedi way, and he's he, he's he's eager to point out where they're going wrong with things. And I think his him coming from like being a slave and stuff gives him a different perspective yeah. on the universe as as opposed to like those who were in the Jedi order from like a baby pretty much he doesn't follow the Jedi way right until Mace Windu wants to kill uh, Sidious and then he's like it's not the Jedi way (laughs) he takes it and takes it and leaves it when he needs it yeah but that's one of my favourite things about the Clone Wars is just the sort of um, the dichotomy between Anakin and Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan is like the ultimate simp for the rules like he follows everything to a T and then you've just got Anakin who's just he's like oh dear Anakin's off again isn't he <laughs> just doing whatever he wants yeah but he always brings home the dubs so he does kind of, no matter kind of, no matter what war crimes he commits he brings home the dubs <laughs> he hasn't quite committed as many war crimes as Chopper though so no he's not got that bad <laughs> Right, so we've um, next up we've got non Jedi. So these are, uh, I, I don't know what you've written down, but I sort of went this to sort of more sort of heroes slash anti heroes, but non Jedi characters. Mm, yeah. um, so I think this one, my order sort of flip flops from time to time. So it might be my one to five, but then my number one is certainly Han Solo. That's, that's never changing. Han Solo, mm-hmm. the ultimate scoundrel one of the main things about the original trilogy that i love so much is just his character his change throughout um i loved his part in force awakens that's my favorite bit about force awakens is his role in that i even like solo i know a lot of people don't but i like solo i like seeing him at a younger age him sort of outside the films and some of the comics and the books um I just all round he's a great character he's funny Harrison Ford is a treasure I hope we I hope he never dies because he shouldn't because he's a great man um so yeah Han Solo number one for me uh number two Chewbacca love Chewie he's just a lovable 
Wookie, any love Chewie. Yeah, uh, Rex. Rex was my next one. The ultimate clone. The greatest clone there ever was. Mm. Uh, we love Rex. And then Princess Leia. After that, for me, I love OG Princess Leia. Everything about her. Uh, she's just a great leader. She's a secret Skywalker. Um, I just really like Carrie Fisher's performance. Everything about Leia. She's just great. And then... Number fifth, a new entry to the to the the leaderboards, the Mandalorian himself, Din Jaren. Um, I think he's ever since you know him having to take off his helmet to save Grogu, really sold him for me. Is the ultimate Mandalorian, and uh, one of my one of my top five non Jedi characters. It's a, it's a strong list. Uh, can't disagree with any of that. To be fair, yeah. Uh, Mine has got some similarities, but a couple of rogue ones. So we start from number one. We got we got Rex, just because well, I loved him in the Clone Wars. He is the best clone and just such a great supporting character in regards of like Ahsoka, Obi Wan, uh, Anakin. You know, their banter between the three of them is great. Some of the stuff he pulls off in the series, fantastic. So Rex is number one for me. Uh, number two, we got Amanda for all the reasons you just stated. Unbelievable performance in that show. What he does is unbelievable. The, the things he's willing to go through to save Go Grogu, fantastic. Uh, three, it's a bit of a rogue one. We've got Hondo from the club. I, I knew you were going to get Hondo in there somehow. <laughs> I, was, I was so close to putting him in as well and I was like, I can't do Han, Chewie and Leia like that. <laughs> Just because any time he popped up in the Clone Wars or Rebels, you knew it was going to be a banging episode. This is so like, true. He was so funny. Like his dialogue with Obi Wan, Count Dooku, like whoever was just Kenobi. brilliant. There's always such a comedic relief. He is brilliant. Oh uh, yeah, um, I was going to say like um, that. There's there's a couple of like proper proper side characters that I absolutely love for their like limited screen time. And Hondo is one of my top side characters. <laughs> he's so yeah. funny. Yeah, nice. top I, I like that he's at least got on one of our lists. I feel like he's <laughs> had his respect. Yeah. Uh, and four, we've got Han Solo, because he has to be in the, in the list somewhere. Yeah. Han Solo is the GOAT. And number five, maybe a rogue one, I'm not sure. But we've got R2-D2. Nice. Yeah, he comes under. I suppose he comes under non Jedi. Yeah, we didn't we didn't do a droid category, so I feel like that's that's fair. Yeah, R2D2, you know, he's he's there from start to finish, episode one to episode uh, nine. The man's seen some shit. Yes, (laughs) he's fought he's fought some battles. He's there's not much the droid can't do. Yeah, if there's if there's one person in the Star Wars universe you can say has seen some shit it is r2d2 <laughs> yeah I mean, his, his always, mind is not wiped like c3po's he has literally seen everything yeah like he's the boy you want on a mission if you're going on a mission and you want to bring a droid with you r2d2 is the one you're bringing yeah it really is isn't it yeah oh we love r2 he definitely is the greatest droid to ever to ever live mm-hmm. That's a strong list. I like that. I like I like that we're, you know, putting some respect on Rex's name. I'm hoping that we're gonna see much more of him because he is the ultimate clone. Um 
big love for the Mando as well. Yeah, taste. Right, so villains next. Villains. So I think there's going to be a couple that are obviously going to be on both of our lists. Mm-hmm. But my number one, obviously, Darth Vader, greatest movie villain of all time, greatest fictional villain of all time. Uh, mm-hmm. He's Darth Vader. He's the best. And, you know, you take Darth Vader in the films, obviously he's unreal, but you take Darth Vader in some of the um, sort of additional media within the Star Wars universe, like his appearance in the Jedi Fallen Order campaign right at the end, him and Rogue One, uh, his comics as well, particularly like certain moments he has in some of the comics, like the Vader down um, sort of panel that he has. There's just so much great Vader and he's great every time he pops up. So he's the ultimate, he is the ultimate villain. Mm. Um, my number two, this is a, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say a rogue one, but a surprising one compared with compared to who else is on the list. Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn. Uh, you are Thrawn fan, fanboy. I am a big Thrawn stan. I love Thrawn and Rebels. And then as soon as I finished Rebels, I went and read the new Thrawn trilogy. Um, and that's just made me appreciate him even more. <clears throat> he's a he's Sherlock Holmes, but slightly wicked and an alien. He can just deduce any uh, military situation. He's smarter than everyone else. He is the ultimate military hero if you're on the Empire's side. Um, and yeah, I think Thrawn is such a good villain because not he's not outright evil. He is just... Everything he does... <clears throat> is for the benefit of his home world, for the Chiss Ascendancy and his time served in the Empire. It's not because he believes in the Empire, it's because that is the best thing for him to do at that point in time to get what he needs. So Thrawn, for me, is behind Vader, the ultimate villain. I love him. I hope we see much more of him. Um, And then Darth Maul, Kylo Ren, Emperor Palps are my three, four and five. Mm, Maul wouldn't have got in there if he had died off in um, Phantom Menace Um, I didn't like Maul until I started watching the Clone Wars and then when he came back in the Clone Wars and he got that proper full storyline I thought god Maul is unbelievable great villain Um, he's sort of like got that right mixture of pure evil but also you're quite sympathetic for him in a way Mm -hmm. um Kylo Ren, I think, was the best thing to come out of the sequels. Um, I think he's a great villain and he has a great storyline and a great reason for being who he is. His sort of obsession with his grandfather and living up to that Vader name. And then Emperor Sheev Palps. He's just, do it. He's just the boy, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, top fella. Uh, yeah, I feel like our lists are similar in places. So obviously, at number one, I've also got Darth Vader. I'd be a crime not to put Vader at number one. Yeah, As he said, you know, on he's, in the films alone, he's such an imposing character. And then, yeah, once you get to the uh, extended media, you know, you learn a lot more about him. And, yeah, he's got some unreal scenes in comics, books, uh, the further films. Unbelievable. Um, I got 
Darth Maul at number two, just because, yeah, I think all the stuff they added for him in Clone Wars and Rebels, I think, fleshes out his character so well and gives him such an interesting storyline. And it's a, it's a really interesting character, I think. Yeah, I expected that purely because how much you play him in Battlefront 2. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that's what I get extra points, just the, the amount of people I've thrown off the side of. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, my main in Battlefront 2 hasn't even made the list. Poor old General Grievous. <laughs> in, the, in, the uh, films, in the films of the Clone Wars, Grievous just doesn't really do it for me at all. I just love playing as him in Battlefront. Anyway, that's a yeah. tangent. <laughs> uh, number three, I've got Savage Press. Ooh. Again, I, I thought he was a very interesting character. He is, yeah. yeah being Dark Mole's brother, and you know the the first scenes he introduces him when he um takes on those two Jedi. I can't remember who they are, but he just like slaughters them. Like the first two Jedi comes across, just absolutely dominates them. I thought it was uh, yeah, he is a very really great way to show his power. He's got a and great storyline, doesn't he? As well, yeah. He just only headbutts. The, uh, the, Jedi, <laughs> the Jedi with uh, Obi-Wan just like impales over his head. It's like, Christ, this man is serious. Um, yeah. So yeah, top, top of them for me. Um, before we got Kylo, as you said, best thing to come out of the sequels. I think his story is very interesting. Um, and I'm excited to see where they expand it. Because I'm sure in years to come there'll be comics, books. And yeah, I hope they do. Actually, yeah, that will give his character a bit more depth. But I really enjoy where they went with him so far. Uh, and number five, I've gone with Boba Fett. Nice. He's a villain, but then I suppose in the Mando is not quite as evil. Yeah, we're evil sort of as the rest of them. But yeah, we're sort still... of yet to see where he's going now because he's sort of almost a bit like an anti-hero but then he slaughters mm. Bib Fortuna at the end so maybe he's going back to his villainous ways. Yeah. I mean, he'd kill anyone if you paid him enough money so... Yeah. You and Zaki want him over for Christmas dinner so he's going on the villains list. <laughs> yeah, I like, I like Bob. I think Bob is one of those ones where he, he does a lot with very limited screen time mm. in the original trilogy. Um but the reason Boba didn't make my list, and I know this is petty, but I hate people who play Boba Fett in Battlefront 2 so much that I couldn't put him on my top five. Yeah, that's, that's fair. They are annoying. That's why I struggled to put Emperor Palps up there, just because. <laughs> <laughs> Strong villain lists. I respect them. Um, so now we've got three little sort of funnish categories to sort of, to sort of end it on. Just nothing, nothing too serious now. The next one we've got is Species of Alien in Star Wars. Um, these ones for me are not really in order. These are very much just sort of five that I really like. Um, so I'll go for it. I've got Wookiees. Um, love the Wookiees. The Chiss, which is obviously Thrawn's species. Um, and then in the books you meet a couple other Chiss like Admiral Alani and there's there's a lot of other Chiss and the Chiss all seem very cool and they look cool. They're blue and they have red eyes. Mm-hmm. Got a very interesting way of life. So I like the Chiss. Next one, bit of a rogue one and the throw it out there, the Mon Calamari. Ah, I really Calamari. like it. I like the Mon Calamari. I like Akbar. Um, anytime we end up on Mon Cala or we see the Mon Calamari, I always get a little bit gassed. I think they're such a funny looking species. Um, but I like their sort of their world and their culture and everything I think it's very interesting 
and they really like opera as well. The Mon Calamari. I found out when reading a comic recently. They uh, <laughs> have like these grand operas and theatres on Mon Calamari, which I uh, I thought was very cool. My next one, again, this one links back to our good friend Hondo Anaka, the Weekways. Oh, just Hondo's entire pirate crew. Most of them are, are weak ways. And you've got the Nictos that are slightly similar, but the, the weak ways are the main ones. And I just I just love that they're essentially a species of just pirates. There's not many of them that have done anything honourable with their lives. They're all just pirates. And they also just sort of fight each other over petty things like pirates do. And uh, I just, I like a good weak way. Nice. <laughs> and then my final species is Trandoshans. Oh, I just think Trandoshans are a really cool and interesting species. Obviously, your main one being Bosk, the bounty hunter. They're big lizards. They're pretty intimidating. But as you sort of learn in that Clone Wars arc, with the the, uh, the was it called Wookiee Hunt or something like that, where Soka's trapped on that planet and the Trandoshans are hunting them all down. Um you sort of learn that they've got this like really sort of twisted culture and they've got the scorekeeper, which is this God that they worship. And the more kills that they get, the higher their score is going to be when they die. And just they, they're obsessed with the hunt. And I think that's a really interesting aspect to that species. So I like the Trandoshans. I hope we see more. I mean, in at the moment in the High Republic, there's a Trandoshan Jedi called Skier. It's not Skier, it's Skier he's a, a lizard and he's pretty cool so yeah big up the Trandoshans oh, nice uh, John I'm very interested to hear your list I feel like I've got a few rogue ones on here but <laughs> so we've got obviously number one is the Wookiees because mm. they are the guy called Chewbacca unreal uh, number two I went with Ewoks nice just for the pure respect of these little bears dominating against the Empire the murder bears Endor yeah these guys are savages they're so cute and yet they were so quick to want to cook Luke and Han I was you just got to respect it they're not faffing about they were lighting those fires straight away I almost feel guilty for not putting them on my list now how you say that <laughs> I do love the murder bears plus on uh, Ewok Hunt and Battlefront 2 you just you get to respect just how vicious Savage those Ewoks can are. be yeah. yeah have you seen that they've got the old Ewoks animated TV show on Disney Plus now oh really oh, yeah. that hot. I've never watched an episode of it in my life <laughs> but I'm going to sit down and force myself through it because it just looks funny <laughs> see how many people they can slaughter in an episode <laughs> exactly um, number three I've got the Zabrath which is the species that more is oh yes the sure. Zabrax yeah I think they're very interesting as a as a uh, as a species, you know, they're very warrior like. It's all about being like strong and stuff like that. So I think it's very <clears throat> interesting. And obviously it leads to great characters like Maul and Savage. They've got big horns on their head as well. Yeah. That's... Well little horns technically, but lots of little horns. Yeah, and I love the tattoos on their body and I, oh, I mm. think aesthetically they're very menacing. They look really cool. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, number four, I feel this is definitely a rogue one. Is and I hope I pronounced this right. It's the Keldor, which is Plo Koon species. Oh Again, yes, I think they look very cool, very different from like lots of things you've seen in Star Wars and just like other sci-fi things. I think they look 
cool. I like the mask and the goggles and the fact that their planet is a different atmosphere. So then when they leave it, they have to wear that yeah. their lives. Yeah, I was going to ask you, that's the thing, isn't it? It's the fact that when they leave their planet, they need the breathing apparatus. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. what it is to breathe. I think it might be like hydrogen or something. Oh, I can't remember. It's something that's in our atmosphere, but like the smallest quantity, so they need it to breathe. Yeah. Um, but then it allows them to like survive in space for a little bit as seen in that Clone Wars arc we are talking about earlier. So mm. I think they're, they're a cool species. Yeah, there's another big one in um, in Sorgera's Partisans. You've got um, Benthic two tubes. He's another one of that species and he cuts about quite a bit in the comics and stuff. I like him. Yeah. Good choice. And five is Yoda species because... I could not find the name of it. And there isn't a name. There isn't. There is yeah. not a name. But I love the mystery behind the species and the fact we've seen was it like three people. You got Yoda, uh, Grogu, and Yaddle. Yaddle, yeah. Yaddle, yeah. <laughs> I think the mystery behind them is fascinating. Um, I just love how like the only three we've seen as well are all four sensitive. And did you believe is like is it just like a four sensitive species? Like yeah. It's a whole it's a whole species for sensitive Yeah, I think there are there are definitely I was it was reading it in one of the books. Um there are definitely species that are more likely to have force sensitivity in them than others. Um apparently Wookiees have quite a high rate of um, force sensitivity. Um, oh really? And the Chiss, they don't they don't recognise it's force sensitivity, but uh, young Chiss girls are born with an ability where they can like use the force to navigate hyperspace because they live out in the unknown regions. They don't have hyperspace lanes. They use this like force ability that the young girls have and they lose it, lose it at like 18 years old because they don't train it. Um, and it's called skywalking, which is an interesting link. That is interesting. Yeah, I remember reading about that a while back. Yeah. So maybe yeah, cool. uh, maybe Yoda species is just one hundred percent force sensitive, which would be very cool. But yeah, Grogu's just the cutest little child. Yeah, I'm looking forward to finding out more about them in yeah. hopefully future episodes of Mandalorian. I found it really difficult actually choosing the alien species because when you actually look into it, there are so many. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, I'm I'm quite happy to just bounce back a couple honourable mentions here, but you know you've got Rodians, obviously, that the race that Greedo are, um, mm-hmm. yeah, their little the little ears and their sort of green scaly skin. <laughs> they just there's so many of them pop up all over the place in like the Clone Wars and stuff. They're just mm-hmm. funny little species. Um, I like the Lasat as well. That race that Zeb is. Yeah, they're really, them in in, yeah, they're interesting and the whole thing about the nearly died out species until they found Lyra San, then sort of new home world. And they're really cool. I'm trying to think of other species that I like. That, what's the Soka okay. species called again? Twi'leks? Twi'leks? No. No, no. Twi- Twi'leks are like Hera and Aura Sing. The, oh, the yeah. two, uh, the two sort of, oh, Togratan, that's it. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like Twi'lex as well, actually. They're a cool yeah. species. Um, There's just so many. There is. And Annika, I cannot remember for the for the life of me what the name is. Because, you know, in Mandalorian Season 1, this, the episode where 
Mando takes Baby Yoda to the that planet, like the farming planet, and they're getting raided by those like dog-looking aliens. Oh yeah, they have an official name, and I cannot remember for the life of me what they are. Um, I've got no idea. I'm I'm just gonna Google it because I thought they had a really f- funny name. It was almost like the word dog was in there. Um, <laughs> but it wasn't quite. But yeah, I think that's one of my favorite things about Star Wars is just the the breadth of um, alien species that there are, mm. and I think it just gives the it gives there so much life to the the universe. Just all the different, you know, you've got your Sullistans, yeah. Uh, uh, there you go, Clatu Clatuinian. So it didn't have anything like dog in it. Okay, the Klaatuinians, they're called. But there's apparently some of them in Jabba's Palace in episode six. Um, wow. So yeah. And then obviously you've got the huts as well, the big slugs. I mean, you've got a, you've got such a wide range. <laughs> yeah. Right, so I'm next up, that, we were talking about, we were going to do top five planets. Mm-hmm. I found this quite difficult because when you actually think about it, there's so many planets that we've visited and so many of them look so cool. I found it very difficult to get five down. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I decided to do is decide to go for a couple of sort of the obvious ones and I threw in a couple rogues that I, that I really like. So Camino was my number one. I love Camino. I think just visually as a planet it looks awesome it seems like it always rains there um it's the home of the clones you know there's a good map on battlefront too as well (laughs) it's just an all-round cool planet um uh, mustafar just a volcanic planet it's a very cool idea and um you know home to vader's castle and home to you know, the Battle of the Heroes with Obi-Wan and Anakin. It's, just, it's a very cool planet. <clears throat> Next one I put on was Felucia. Ooh. Now, Felucia, we only see for a couple seconds in the films, in Revenge of the Sith. That's where Aayla Sakura gets killed in Order 66. But Felucia gets much more um, fleshed out in the Clone Wars. Um, there's quite a few episodes set on Felucia. Just... The, the plant life on it is really cool. The um some of the stories set there, like the bounty hunters episode with like the seven samurai, but with the, the bounty hunters that they're training to sort of be off Hondo's pirates. Um I just think Felucia's a very cool planet. Yeah, I agree. Um next one I'm gonna go for Mon Calamari. Or oh, well Moncala is technically the name of Moncala. I think it's very interesting because it's all underwater. Um, everything that I've seen there both in the Clone Wars and in the comics really interesting I think the idea that the planet is home to two warring species as well the, the Mon Calamari and the Quarren the fact that they're always at war with each other it's really interesting um, and yeah I just think you know you've got to chuck in an underwater planet on there and then my final one is one that hasn't been seen yet in the live action yet but a planet called Nar Shaddaa mm-hmm. so it is it's called the smuggler's moon and that's why I really like it so it's it's one of the moons around uh Nauhutta which is the main hut planet 
and it's it's mm-hmm. like it's like Coruscant. The whole planet is a city, but it's just a rogue city full of like smugglers, criminals, pirates. It's lawless. Um, nothing good happens there. I just like that idea of a city that looks like so a planet like Coruscant, obviously much smaller, but it's just like a complete lawless ruin. Mm-hmm. And there was a uh, there was a small arc in the uh, Star Wars comic where Luke ends up there. And he ends up trapped in a gladiator arena fighting. I think it's a rancor he fights there. But it just seems, and Han Solo obviously knows it very well as a smuggler. And he's got all sorts of contacts there. And it's just a, a really cool planet. And the reason I put it on there is because I want to see it in live action. I think it would be good for Book of Boba Fett if we could end up there. So I'm putting it out there right now. Yeah, that's going to do it. Book of Boba Fett, yeah. Narshadar. Give it to us, please. Yeah, that's going to do it. Nice. Um, yeah, it's a good list, to be fair. It's an interesting vibe. Um, got some weird ones on mine, I think. <laughs> I thought but, I might as well get some weird ones on there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number one is a bit strange, but I went for Naboo just because I find the planet really interesting with the whole, um, like, above water, you have, like, the normal Naboo people, like Padme and... I suppose Palpatine, just like that sort of culture. Yeah. And then under the water, you have the Gungan. I find that quite interesting. Yeah, and I was I was thinking about Naboo as well, but firstly, I thought you might have it on. And then secondly, anytime I hear the word Naboo, I, I hear Padme Amidala saying, hold me like you did by the lake on Naboo. <laughs> and then immediately drops down about five places. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think Naboo is really cool, and Theed is a really cool city as well. Nice. Yeah. Uh, number two, I'm going for Mustafar. Obviously, the iconic planet in Star Wars. Got the big fight with Anakin versus Obi Wan, and the mm-hmm. Vader's temple or castle on there afterwards. I think that's a really interesting arc in his comic. I think that's really cool. It gives the planet a bit more depth and history to it. I think it's yeah. really interesting. Um, number three. Now, this is definitely a rogue choice. <laughs> and again, this is one we've never seen in live action or in a comic or anything like to my knowledge. But it's Jujon, the planet where Obi-Wan is from. Oh, right. Okay. I actually didn't know this. <laughs> and it was, it's called Jujon because in an interview with Jon Stewart, he asked George Lucas what planet Obi-Wan is from and George Lucas said Stu John and that is where <laughs> that is where we got Obi-Wan's home world and it is never referenced in anything else ever <laughs> I really hope we see it in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show now <laughs> you need it mentioned or at least referenced to yeah uh, I, I like that I like that you've got a really deep cut there <laughs> Yeah, I remember hearing about it or reading about it a couple of years back and it's just stuck in my mind ever since. So as soon as I saw planets, I was like, oh, this has got to go on there. <laughs> um, and then I've got Hoth, again, another iconic planet in Star Wars um, in Empire Strikes Back. Unbelievable. Um, and number five, I went with Ilum. just because I like yeah. the whole links to the Jedi Order. You know, that's where they go to get their Kyber crystals. It was really fleshed out well in the Clone Wars arc with the uh, younglings kind of going to get their Kyber crystals. And obviously then it's turned into Starkiller 
space in Force Awakens, which is yeah. interesting, I suppose. Um, yeah, I think it's a really cool planet. Yeah, I like it. Um, I like that we got to go there on um, Fallen Order. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a really cool planet. I was, um, I've, I've been re- watching the two D Clone Wars, and there's a little sort of arc where Yoda goes to Ilum and that, which clearly I think served as the inspiration for the Clone Wars, like gathering sort of arc. Um, yeah. But yeah, Ilum, very cool. It's a good little selection. I mean, again, planets is like, there's just so many. And yeah. They all have such, they're all sort of characters of their own, like the planets. Mm-hmm. Um and I think that's something that's so cool. I mean, obviously we missed off some of the biggest ones, you know, Coruscant, Tatooine, Endor, Bespin. Yeah. I mean, I nearly had Bespin on mine, but I decided I'd mix it up and put Mon Calor in instead, but Bespin and um, Geonosis as well. Mm. But yeah, I think one of the things that gets me really excited when I watch new Star Wars stuff is like, what planet could we end up on next? Um because I really like that planet that they they use in Mandalorian quite a lot. Is it Navarro? Or Navarro 6, I think it's called. The, yeah. the planet with the guild on it. Um, mm-hmm. And I just, I'm just a real sucker for seeing planets either new or old. You know, like, you know like when people like watch a trailer and they get really gassed because like a character does something or says something. I get gassed mm-hmm. if I see a planet that I recognise. I'm like, oh, that's that planet. Like in the new Bad Batch trailer, they go to, I don't actually, I can't even remember what the planet's called, but it's the planet from the Clone Wars with the slavers on it, the Cadavo slavers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if the planet's called Cadavo. I can't re- quite remember, but I saw that and I was like, oh, that's that planet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, to round it off, should we talk ships? Yes, I enjoyed making this ships this much. Yeah, yeah, so did I. I sort of, I did a mixture of like actual named ships and sort of like, I guess, types or brands of ships. Um, mm-hmm. I sort of did a mixture of the two. Um, so I obviously my number one is the Millennium Falcon. Um, mm-hmm. It is the greatest spaceship in movie history and, you know, pop culture history. I genuinely feel like I have an emotional attachment to that ship. Like, I remember seeing the um, Force Awakens midnight release and like just brought tears to my eyes, just seeing the Falcon and just seeing it there. And then, you know, them calling it a hunk of garbage is obviously a throwback to, you know, them always saying it's garbage, but it is the greatest ship ever. And it did the castle run in under 12 parsecs. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, huge. Um, the next one, which I assume you're going to have on yours is Slave One. Um you know, it's an iconic looking ship, but the main reason I like it is because the sound effect when they drops the seismic charges is just, it's horny to the ear, really. It's, a, it's such a good sound. Yeah, iconic. <laughs> um, and then I've got just the X-Wing. Nothing's more iconic than an X-Wing. If I was being specific, it would be Luke Skywalker's X-Wing, but just the X-Wing in general. Um, I look forward to many more x-wing stories in the future because i love x-wings i have a lego x-wing on my shelf at the moment i just i like an x-wing um the next one this is a bit of a rogue one these last two are a bit rogue so my next one is the tie defender oh so obviously in rebels thrawn develops the tie defender which is a new 
a new type of TIE fighter that has a hyperdrive and shields. Um, and were it not for Kane and Jarrus blowing, well, oh, I guess technically it was Price, wasn't it? She blew up the the depot, but were, were that were that not was it not for the rebels on Lethal? The uh, the Empire might have won the whole Galactic Civil War because they would have had more tie defenders on them, but they didn't in the end. But they're a great ship, very powerful. They look awesome as well. Yeah, and from from the mind of Grand Admiral Thrawn, so that makes them automatically a bit cooler. <laughs> and then this last one fits that one very closely because I was thinking, in my opinion, one of the most iconic ships to me in Star Wars is the Imperial Star Destroyer, the classic Imperial Star Destroyer. Um, you know, it's that first shot in A New Hope is when it comes across the top of the camera and you think, oh my God, this thing's massive. However, I wanted to be specific. I wanted to, I wanted to name a specific Imperial Star Destroyer. So my, 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 my ship that I'm naming here is the ISD Chimera, which is Grand Admiral Thrawn's personal um, Star Destroyer. It's been through a lot. It's been through a lot in Rebels, but through the book, the books as well. His um, the Chimera is wins a lot of battles. Um, at one point, the commander or the admiral on the ship, I think it's the commander, is a commander called Pharaoh, and she was amazing. She won battles. She learned from Thrawn and uh, won many great battles in that ship. And uh, the Chimera got a lot of respect for it, and I, I, I believe. If memory serves me right, it is the Chimera that the Purgles pull away off into hyperspace when Ezra um, and Thrawn vanish at the end of Rebels. Oh, so my, nice. my hope is that we will see that ship again, even though it might be a little bit ruined. Yeah, hopefully. So that's my ships. Yeah, it was a strong, strong list, do you think? Um, obviously, my number one is the same as yours, the Millennium Falcon. Just... Like you, th- you think you ship one ship in Star Wars, the Falcon is the one that comes straight to mind. Yeah. Iconic. Um, <clears throat> number two is a bit of a a rogue one. It's not seen very much. I think it's seen mostly in Clone Wars a few episodes as well as possibly in Rebels, but I'm not entirely sure. And that is uh, Knight Brother, which is Darth Maul's Mandalorian Starfighter. Oh, yeah. Because I yeah. love the the look of the Mandalorian Starfighters, I think they just are some really cool ships. And then the fact that it's Darth Maul just adds extra bonus cool points. Yeah. That's an interesting one because I had a feeling you'd put the scimitar on there, uh, Maul's OG ship. But now you say that, that one that does look cooler, doesn't it? The Mandalorian yeah, one. I think yeah, that one's definitely cooler. Yeah. There's rumours that they're making a Lego version of it this year, Ooh. which I might have to purchase. Yeah, that would have to be I'm purchased. Because that will be clean up on the shelf. Uh, yeah, uh, number three, yeah, same as you got Slave One, iconic ship. Glad we get to see it again in um, Mandalorian with the explanation of how you can sit in the cockpit and it change uh, elevations and stuff. Yeah, that was, I like that. I like that we saw that. Yeah, <laughs> also that moment yeah. in Mandalorian when we first saw the Slave One like coming out of the sky that was a madness, wasn't it? Mm. It just makes you think as well is that the fact that um, in uh, Return of the Jedi when Boba Fett no is it Empire Return is Return of the Jedi isn't it when Boba Fett gets set into the Sarlacc pit yeah yeah it's the fact that obviously everyone's just left him for dead 
and his ship just been sitting there <laughs> until one got it back. It's just been, been popped up for about yeah. 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Gathering dust because however it's got some unreal securities on it or no one's brave enough to try and steal Bolivet's ship. I think it's fine. Um, <laughs> number four is a ship that I've gone for because it is, I think, one of the most iconic ships from the Clone Wars TV show as well as in some great scenes like the opening scenes of uh, Range of the Sith, and that is the Republic Venator-class Star Destroyer. Nice. Nice. You got the name as well there. I liked it. Yeah, I had to give that a quick Google. <laughs> Let's make sure I got it right. But yeah, it's a class ship, and obviously it goes on to... Um, what's what I'm looking for? Be inspiration for the Star Destroyers in for the Empire. Empire. Yeah. So it's a class ship. Uh, and I, was just, I was just going to say, in a you know special mention to those ships, um, you get to explore one of them in Fallen Order as well. You know that big crashed one on that planet. Oh yeah, is it crashed on Zepho or something? And is that? I mean, it was just because we were getting the platinum. But there's that whole trophy when you got to go and explore the inside of it. I found yeah. that so cool. Yeah, that was really cool. To be fair, just seeing like seeing that in that game actually was really cool. Just as like a nod to the the whole Order 66 and making the universe just feel lived in and stuff. I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, number five, same as you really, I went with a Empire Star Destroyer. But again, I went with a specific one. Um, and this is one that I think is just, again, iconic and it is very imposing. And that is the uh, the Executor, which is Darth Vader's personal Star Destroyer. Uh, yes. The, the super, is it a Super Star Destroyer, that one? Yeah. It's yeah. massive. And it's, I mean, just imagine you're going through space as a little rebel cruiser <laughs> ship and you see that bad boy like jump out of hyperspace behind you. So, and not, you know. not only is it absolutely massive, it's also being piloted by Darth Vader. You're just thinking, nah, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> yeah. You know you're toast at that point. Yeah, I like that. And I really like the... Um, I don't know. I can't remember if you said you read it or you read it a long time ago, but the Darth Vader series, the 2015 one that sort of showed how he ended up in charge of the executor again. Uh, I think it was a while back I read that one. Yeah. But no, it's a, it's a cool ship. Hmm. I'd like to see a scrap between the Chimera and Vader's, <laughs> Vader's Superstar Destroyer. Be interesting to see who'd win that. My money's on Vader, I'm not going to lie. But yeah, I mean. probably. <laughs> the ships ships was a difficult one to narrow down because there's so many iconic ships. Like the more I started thinking about it, you know, mm. I was thinking about like the little um, like the little Jedi starfighters from the Clone mm. Wars. I was thinking of, I know this is a ridiculous one, but you know, Padme's ship. Oh, the Naboo cruiser. Or yeah. 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 That's a stunning ship. Either. And then the Naboo starfighters as well. I also think are really mm. cool little ships. Um, yeah. And then I really like um, Kylo Ren's ship, the Silencer. I think that's a really mm-hmm. cool-looking TIE fighter. Um, yeah. And then I was, it nearly, this was the one that practically made my list but didn't, is the, I don't, I need to I need to Google the name. You might know it. The name of the, the clone ships, not the individual ships that they fly, but the, the big chunky ones where they all sort of, stand in the the bit at the bottom oh. look out and it's like the transport ships oh, I don't know what they're called are they not just called like because I think because the fight I think the fighters are called like they're like arc 
fighters, aren't they? Yeah. Um, what they are called, I don't know, but just every time, like one of the, for me, one of the most iconic images in the prequels is an attack of the clones when those ships like fly in to the arena and all the clones sort of like jump off of it. And you've got master Yoda riding one of them. I think they're just a yeah. really cool design. Um, I definitely, if memory serves me right, had one at Lego one when I was a kid where on earth that has ended up. I will never know probably in the bin, but I had one of them when I was younger. Um, they're just awesome. really cool. So yeah. that's an honorable mention, I guess. Yeah, that's a good childhood. There are so many ships I could put on. Like the, the one that crept to my back of my mind when I was writing the list was um, Anakin's ship in the right at the start of the Clone Wars, like the first movie. That that one that came out and it was like I can't remember what it was called, but it had like the little cockpit and it had like a massive wing coming out the side. Oh yeah, and they go and save. Ugh, the heart baby and stuff it's like it's yeah. such a rubbish shit but it's funny yeah there are so many oh my god I've just realised neither of us put the Razor Crest on our ships yeah I was gonna put the Razor Crest but it's deed now but yeah I think got blown the smithereens <laughs> got blown up wait that's that's the ship from Fortnite <laughs> <laughs> oh dear but yeah that was that was fun actually. Those last three I found really enjoyable. Just mm. having to think about sort of those weird little aspects of Star Wars that I find really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be it'd be a cool thing to do sort of a bit further down the line is do like a a podcast episode talking about like interesting planets or interesting ships or interesting species and stuff like that. I think that could be quite cool. Yeah, that would be actually. I just think it would be quite good to do like a, you know, side characters episode as well. Like I think uh, we could probably talk about Hondo and Naka for a whole, for a whole episode. <laughs> and I know, I know there's like lots of like little like books that he appears in as well, like outside of the Clone Wars and Rebels. So I might do some chasing and find out where Hondo appears from time to time I mean I wonder where he's kicking at the moment I mean if he showed up in Book of Boba Fett I think I might die yeah but the thing is he'd fit perfectly in it like, it would it yeah sense for Honda just being there and he'd be like a really good foil to Boba as well mm-hmm. like not like his nemesis like the serious villain of the series but I think he'd be such like a Bob is trying to sort of establish himself as this leader of the underworld and he's just got this annoying pirate just <laughs> pissing about. <laughs> yeah, that's the class. Anyway, that was a that was a fun little episode. Ooh, interesting conversation. It was, yeah. So um I think by the time at the time of listening this, I think we're about three weeks away, two or three weeks away from um Bad Batch. So mm. I think I the plan is that next week we'll do an episode on clones. So I thought we could pick out some of our favorite episodes of the clone wars sort of for the clones, some of our favorite clones, do a bit of a, just a bit of a um, little bit of information for those people who might not know as much about the clones. Um, but we're both big clone fans. So that should be good fun. Yes. Um, and then so that's probably what you can expect next week. We'll round it up there. Nice. Thanks for that, John. That was a good, good episode. 
And uh, thanks to everyone who has listened in. This has been live from Vader's Castle, episode two. And uh, have a good day. Bye. Catch you next week. Goodbye.